good morning good afternoon good evening and good night folks welcome to cry without belts i'm john i'm jeremy welcome welcome folks you may have noticed there's a been a probably a bit of a lag in terms of output uh that's mainly because i'm moving i'm going from one undisclosed location to another which if you have any sort of inclination toward the continuity of this podcast you'll probably be able to to pinpoint it somewhere but if you don't feel like going through our 57 episode inventory and trying to find uh where i'm at uh good luck that's all jeremy how the hell are you doing i'm doing all right i'm very busy lately so yeah multiple fronts so we've had, we've had a couple hangouts and, and and stuff over the last couple of weeks but really nothing on recording um hopefully like maybe simul simul drop this with our uh, thing with that other movie that we watched oh yeah uh, yeah but it hasn't been continuity that hasn't come out yet so yeah, that's cool but um cool 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 i know training has been has been harder for me to get done i did like 21 kilometers yesterday in terms of running but in terms of like getting training done like straight training i've had a breakdown oh my god this this journey of this punching bag of finally getting a punching bag yeah it's your movie now i'll move i have to move and i have to move this punching bag <laughs> It's not to say anything with the giant hammer that I have. Not giant, I guess it's it's a sledge. I have a small sledgehammer that I use for training as well. And Jeremy's seen it in action. He's been he he gave me the thumbs up on it, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to move this? Thing? I might take it on the boat with me. I don't know. Yeah, we'll provide an interesting story along the way, so it's all good. What have have you? What have you been up to in terms of training? Training, um. I actually been working with uh, Manji side lately, so it's been it's been good to get back with that a little bit, and then uh, just doing some exercises. And I mean, that's that's the main thing, just kind of going through going through some of the some some of those things that I normally do, but just a little bit more on a routine basis. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to developing a new routine. I think this goes nicely into what we're going to talk about today because. After some much heated negotiation, uh, I, I'm I'm moving closer to the beginning of the week than the than the end of the week this week, and my mind just turned to you know having to move and cleaning and all this and moving and packing and all this other stuff. Gotten me thinking about space and place and training. So that's what we're going to get into today, Jeremy. What do you think about do? Can we train anywhere? Sure. I mean. As long as you got the intention to do it, I mean, you you train anywhere. But it needs to be somewhere, right? Well, I mean, I mean let's I mean, get metaphysical you, here. You, you, can we you, do, can we train in the non-existence? Can we go into the void? Will the void stare back? If we punch into the void, will the void punch back? I don't know. I mean, you're starting to sound like office space or something like that. You know, it's, you know, no. Um, wherever you're at, I mean, you can train. I mean, I mean, whether it's you know. A structured training or something else like one of the things that i was doing with my son this week was i mean he was uh he was trying to get out of grabs and stuff and so i was kind of working with him on that and i mean that was just in the living room you know so it's not like it wasn't like anywhere official that we did it wasn't it wasn't like outside it wasn't in a garden it wasn't you know, downstairs in my little training area it was just in the living room. So I've I've seen some people who who I've only seen this really once, but I've heard about this a couple different places where they're like, I train ever, I train all the time everywhere. I'm outside. I'm in horse stance. I'm in the line in 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 the store. I'm in horse stance. I'm 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 in Saison stance everywhere I go or some some stuff like that. I've only ever seen it once where somebody takes I don't know the the hyper serious people who don't have any sort of self-awareness yeah no uh, I'm, I'm, no you, you will not catch me doing horse stance at the grocery store I, I i i can at least attest to that one but yeah no you'll end up getting kicked for that one yeah so just and i i feel like there's to the best of my knowledge and this isn't to get into dojos because i don't want to i want to really go down that road today no i get you but to the best of my knowledge, the dojo is not necessarily intrinsically a sacred space, if that makes sense. There's some people who've tried to 
to definitely garner that image. Right. But it's not in intrinsically a sacred space. It's just a room. It's a place you go, right? Yeah. But whether it's uh, an out, it's something like your basement or your dedicated place you do something or a gym or whatnot, where you train is where you train and how you train is how you train. Your example of the living room is actually is the idea of even casual training between two people not even having it all that serious lens to lens to that to still being oh well we can train anywhere we can do we can do this anywhere well i mean one of the things i've tried to take in my training was a previous instructor that we're acquainted with mentioned you know he was training some military personnel and they were all in their you know they were all on their geese decked out this that and the other thing and he basically mentioned to him, like, you know, that's awful pretty, but go get, go get your tactical gear on. You know, boom. So they all got in there and he goes, okay, in your geese, you could kick somebody in the head. Go ahead and try to kick somebody in the head in your tactical gear. You know, and when they try to do it, they literally fall over. It's like, doesn't work too well, does it? Therefore, there is a purpose for it, but it's not practical in real life so i guess that's one of the things i've always tried to incorporate not get so set up you know with a hakam or a gi or whatever training it's like okay okay today i'm in khakis today i'm in jeans today i'm in shorts you know whatever and train that way just how, how am i how am i right now Half the time we've recorded a podcast or half the time we've trained together, Jeremy has either been in a uh, Fear is for Other People Bruce Lee shirt or in one of several Minions shirts. <laughs> hey, well, hey, if you're going to train, have a little bit of fun with it. You know? Well, and, uh, and I'm very much like I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm like uh, a hoodie and like sweatpants. It's got, bands, you've got, got to have rock the Rocky aesthetic. It's comfortable. People say sweatpants is giving up. I say sweatpants is 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 giving it your best because you can move really well in sweatpants. Right. I, hey, I, there's nothing nothing against it for me. Exactly. Why why should anybody have anything against sweatpants? Um, I mean, and technically, my understanding was is you know when everything was created and everything was formed, the the actual dress of the day was, you know, a, a gi. That would be your normal everyday wear. So it's like, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I know that it's to a point. But... There's very interesting photos of Ken Suyabu training in late 19th century, early 20th century, like basically formal, like basically a suit and tie. I can't, I gotta pull, find well, them. I had it well, long, I mean, like 15, 16 years ago. I had it, the, the old fighting arts mag, when the old fighting arts magazines used to come out, there's just like these old photographs of him and like with his family. And he was just doing karate with his like nephews or whatever. Well, look um, at some of the seminars that Mr. Oyada would do. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, He'd go out there, everybody else would be in their hawk with he comes out there in suit and tie knocking everybody around. So it's like gotta look good. Hey, I mean he looked like a million bucks, so hey, more power to him. And I will say this. I mean, I will say this, you know, a lot of times if a suit fitted properly, it's just as comfortable as any gear or hawk money you're gonna put on. So hey. Exactly. And say we've done this rather successfully on this podcast is we've never promoted the traditional karate image mainly because of the titling of the podcast but also just because of the general of how we dress is we have got a hakama and a gi on top and i've it's been i was surprised to say even though belts were involved uh other people who who are within our lineage are now starting to follow more of the koryo um koryu versions of just Oh, you wear a hakama, a short hakama, and then you wear a gi on top, and that's your uniform. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no after or before. Um, even though some people would get iconic, would say that's iconoclastic or that's nonsense or whatever. Um, yeah, but that's your your outfit. Well, I'm, I'm glad you recognize that I'm not traditional, so that's all right. That's cool. I'm I'm happy for that. Well, I'm, no, 
it's and that's even in itself is we can get into i think we may have gotten this a little before but i mean that stuff it only stretches as far as you want it to stretch True. and and that i mean it really shouldn't be the kind of end-all be-all in terms of training because i mean at the end of the day it's just getting in the backyard and getting stuff done or getting wherever right and getting yeah, stuff done absolutely you know, I, jeremy i want to ask you where is where is this in terms of space both personally and i guess just with it in a dojo in itself where do you think is the smallest and where is the biggest you've ever trained i'd say probably the probably the smallest <laughs> maybe my basement now no no I'd, I'd say my old apartment my old apartment was really really small i i didn't have and you know maybe half the size and i mean i had to get really really creative especially footwork um i, I learned how to shuffle the hard way so that i didn't hit a wall and have to pay a deposit or anything like that but whenever i left um I, i'd say that's probably the smallest place um biggest place i've trained the biggest place i've trained was probably outside of seattle in a place called the conagara dojo huh. and um it, it's I, I will say this: I've never been to any place like that. That that was unbelievable. Well, what was the context there? Seminars? I mean, it, uh, no, I mean it was a, a friend of a friend. My best friend, his instructor ran ran the place, and he, oh, wow. he went up there. He went up there, and I, you know, I got to meet uh, you know Sensei Barish and stuff, and. Um, Grant, uh, it, it was a keto, but he also had areas where, you know, people could come in and train different styles and different things like that. But I mean, it was just, I, I mean, I, I can't remember how big it was, but I mean, it was just, I, I want to say it was almost 10,000 square feet. Wow. I mean, it was just huge, and I mean every detail of that place was immaculate, unbelievable. I mean, just it, it was like going and training in a museum. It was like you don't. It's like look, don't touch, kind of deal. <laughs> it, it was just really cool. But I mean, he 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 was very very gracious, very 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 nice. I mean. I, I learned once learned a lot of different things from him. Um, more more so etiquette wise and in history wise. So I mean it was it was a great experience. So I mean and I'm not talking about seminars, but I mean an actual actual somewhat training facility I'd say. But I mean Grant, I've been in seminars where I mean huge huge gymnasiums and things like that too but yeah um, i mean like i mean there's a there's a shared space and then there's a dedicated space and then, yeah. i mean the fact that there's a that place still open what the conagora dojo yeah yeah absolutely yeah god damn like oh damn it's still open but just just the, the fact that there's a place that large yeah. i mean america america would be the place for that because even i mean japan thing of the of the the very recent edition um in okinawa the karate kaikon karate kaikon can't be that big yeah. um but like like i, mean, I, like I said i that, that would be my that would be my guess i mean it, it may be a little smaller i it was just it, it was awe-inspiring when you went in there i mean it's just you know jaw drop down to your down to the floor kind of you know, Tom and Jerry cartoonish, like, you know, just unbelievable. Um, right. That's also the place where I got to uh, um, experience Masogi for the first time. So, um, explain Masogi for those of us who don't know. Jeez. <laughs> no, let me clarify. That's where I got to experience Masogi for the first and last time. So, it's uh, what, what Masogi is, it's a, uh, it's basically a chanting ritual, more for Shinto, uh, 
Buddhism and stuff like that. And when I did it, I was, I was kind of game and okay, do do do, you know, whatever. And you know, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna learn something. So we're doing all these exercises and stuff in like one cloth out on the out on the side of the river that's running in the back of this dojo. Jeez. Yeah, it, it's like I said, it's unreal. And so then all of a sudden he'll say something and then we walk into this river. Well, the river is coming from the mountains. So in other words, snow melt is in the river. So the, the river is about, I don't know, 45, maybe 50 degrees. I mean, it's cold. <laughs> it's so cold, you don't even have the D on the end. That's how cold it is. So you, you, you get in there and you start, you do like an initial chant and then you duck down to where only your head is out and you're, and you're chanting through this whole deal. And all I know is I'm glad I had that experience because I have one heck of a story. But now that I know what to do and stuff like that, I'd probably be a little more open to it. I, I think it was more my buddy basically say, hey, watch this. Watch, watch me sucker Jeremy into this. And it, I, I think that was part of it. But that's what Masogi is. And it's, it's I, I encourage everyone to try it once so that they can have a great story like me. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to. No, I mean, that's a, good, that's a good diversion. I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you that story. How long ago was that? That was 1994. Because I, I, this is how I remember this, because because we were up in Seattle and we we went and did this the day afterwards. We're down down somewhere in the city, and they have the you know, TVs and bars and all this kind of stuff, and we're watching the O.J. Simpson Bronco <laughs> chase in L.A. So I mean that that's how I know. Same time. I mean, so it was the day before that that I did that. So that's how I remember that. The loincloth fits. You must do. That's gonna. That's gonna get us canceled. Hold on. Um, <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get on this podcast. No, you never do. And you know what? That's what should make it more exciting um, and more popular. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what other people are listening to other podcasts for. <laughs> so no, it's so. Um, let, let's backtrack. Uh, O.J. Simpson trial, loincloths, cloths, nineteen ninety four, big spaces, right? Spaces and places. Yeah. Um, supposedly the theme of this. So in comparison to to, to thinking about both of those, and it, it's interesting you bring up Aikido in that regard, because yeah. Aikido requires requires a certain amount of space, yeah. certain material, right? You need to have mats. To do well, Aikido. Aikido, people aren't doing ukeme on the ground. Well, I don't know. I mean, unless you're really they? poor. I don't, I don't know. But I mean, I've never heard of an Aikido person not having tatami no. or not having mats to, to absorb ukeme. You couldn't True. do. I've seen some old dirt photos of like jujitsu and stuff, but like that's way, way back in the day. Yeah. For karate, we're kind of notorious for just being able to do whatever. Like wherever, whenever, however, in a, in a lot of ways, we're pretty much the not, and this isn't just us, but I mean, we're almost defined by not having anything, literally empty hand, literally nothing. Yeah. I've got nothing, nothing. Also, you're pretty much improvising on what you do have. Yeah. You got concrete. There's a certain way to do it. If there's mats, there's a certain certain give there's certain things you're going to do a little different if you're on a gymnastics form there's going to be something different oh yeah so. laminated laminated wood versus uh concrete i remember the first place i first did i worked in i didn't realize this at the time but it was basically old 90s really ugly carpet on top of concrete oh yeah strewn throughout the entire the entire school including the including inside the training training area um, oh, and it was just like the worst stuff to train on, in my opinion. Just carpet in general, I think, is the, the worst thing to train on. Well, I mean, I I know I've been different places, got yeah, like indoor outdoor carpet, and that's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean it, it provides a little bit of a cushion compared to concrete, but well, and then that's the thing you're training on top of concrete. 
you're training on top of concrete and con- yeah. that'll that'll inevitably uh, i think laminate would pro- probably give helps with a little more balance in terms of like joints and stuff yeah. i think mats are better i think tatami is i think ultimately ultimately the best thing to do it on top of because you have a lot more give you have a lot more cushioning in terms of your joints especially in t- talking in terms of like drop like a kusanku drop or a throw or like just literally any any technique you might be doing or you know getting kicked across the room yeah and then that would go into what do we actually need to train them could we in fact function with no equipment whatsoever technically yes it's not what we would, what we would it would be ideal or even what we want to do but i mean we can as an art function without one function without any equipment true I mean, honestly, if you're working with some type of weapon, yeah. obviously not. I know back back in the days of yesteryear, I mean, some of the things I would do is like if I found like some type of pole or something like that, it wouldn't be wrapped in in uh, rope or anything. But you know, every once in a while, I just go up and just hit it. You know, just just keep working that Makawara practice and. Yeah, when I used to work in the warehouse unloading trucks, whenever I was really training a lot, I mean, I'd go up to the racks, you know, nobody's around. Boom, boom. You know, I just hit them. I mean, they're metal. Now, I didn't do it for like 30 minutes at a time, but I mean, you know, you know, two or three pops, then I'd go do something else and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it goes into that unconscious part of training, right? Where it's like you're just. Especially if you are in like a more of a manual job like that, mm-hmm. it just asks you're just because you're just you know it's almost not to say mindless, but it's just manual. And you, I remember yeah. when I used to do some painting in high school, and this is way before I actually learned bow, but it was just like screwing around with a with a a roller and a and a, and a stick. Yeah. Uh, sounds worse than it's than it actually intended to be but uh you know like stuff like that in those kind of small places or in those places where you're not really supposed to be doing anything like that you're not really supposed to if you get caught it might not necessarily be uh the best outcome but yeah you do it anyway yeah i mean you know what i mean even today like some of the things i do like if i'm going if i'm walking downstairs and it's got like a handrail I'll work on like my two finger grip by like you know putting my hand on the one side of the rail and you know I'm just curling up my index and middle finger you know I'm just work on yanking up just a little bit and that that gives me a little bit of resistance whenever I am working on a technique where I need to grab with just those two fingers and stuff like that things like that and then like opening doors instead of just opening a door I, you know i'd take my forearm and you know just turn it over and, and watch how fast it you know flies open i sometimes accidentally open doors by punching them open oh i, I will admit i mean if you're if you're a karate person and you're not doing that you're you know you really don't care about your crap <laughs> i mean I, I don't I, I don't punch them open i I always not like it. intentionally, like on like hauling off on a door. Yeah, yeah. But it's just you but, know, you push yeah, it just, open, just put, you punch just, it, you just open it with your knuckles. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I do that at least once or twice a week. But I mean, I always think it's kind of fun to watch watch it whenever you you know roll your hand and put that torque on that door and watch it just fly open. I always thought that was kind of fun, but I, I still do that today. Do this. Huh? Not to, nobody should be listening to this and taking this as any sort of encouragement to damage to damage. I have different views on damaging property, but yeah. you know, just don't, just don't, don't go out there and be like, I know karate. Ergo, I open all doors by kicking and punching. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about damaging doors or anything like that, but I mean, it does, you know, it is interesting. You know, next time you do technique and you do like some type of scoop technique on somebody's arm. You watch them really drop then, but that's you're not really like you know walking around. You know, Hi, I'm master. Who gives a crap? You know, no, it's not that. It's just something in the moment you're thinking about. It's like, okay, does this does this actually work? Does it still work? 
geez, I'm getting old. Does this still work? You know, so it's like, well, we can go from the big and the small. Say, I can't think of any like huge places I've ever really trained. Like, no place I've ever really trained has ever been. I mean, and there's like shared seminar times, but I mean, looking back on that, those times, like, I go to a big like hotel ballroom or wherever or go to a big gymnasium but i guess that goes into to the difference between something a place that's like owned or versus rented right mm-hmm. like if you i mean if it's a big shared space that's one thing and i think i hope more and more things like that are going to start popping up especially like post pandemic i think the idea of the financial burden of somebody running and wholly operating in a dojo uh is probably going to become a thing of the past but you know that's neither here nor there. I don't know. What did you say? Working out of a, a place, a place where somebody is own owns it, um, is better than working out of a place that's like rented. I don't know. I mean, I'm speaking as somebody's just ever barely rented out a place a, cu- a couple of times versus you know you've had you've actually had the place. You know, I, I think it depends on. I think it depends on who's there at that point. I mean. It, I mean, if you've got a space and you're training with different people, it's it's the people that you're really working with that's going to make that space worthwhile or crap. Sorry, I mean, just I mean, I mean, I've I've been in places where you know you you just have a mix of people that really isn't conducive to really learning. It's more more uh, I don't know here hold my beer kind of thing or here hold my belt kind of thing look at what I can do kind of stuff. It's like, that that's never good. So I, I guess I, either, either way can be, I, I've been a part of places where it was rented out. It was great. I've been part of places that were owned and it was awful and vice versa. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to go too much into dojo ownership or anything like that because I've been in places where, I mean, it was rented. I feel this is a very American conversation to have to a degree because, you know, a lot of dojos in Japan are ultimately shared spaces. Like they're, they work out of a school or they work out of a, you know, a shared gym or maybe it's somebody's like family thing, but that's rare and even rarer still to even have like just a, just a business dojo on its own. But would you say should, I guess now we can kind of bring it to, and I, I feel this may garner the same response, but like playing like a backyard basement type of base or going legit and actually having a space. This is something I've had to deal with several times uh, in just teaching, right? Where meeting up with friends or just trying to get people privately to come on board versus opening space, space open, please come do class. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so, sometimes I think, when you do open up a space, I think I, I ran into this. You have a different set of responsibilities you got to deal with, and so you're trying to make sure those responsibilities are taken care of. And sometimes that changes the way you teach, and changes how you interact with students, it changes how you train. So I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it does throw a different dynamic. I mean, me personally anymore, I. I'd, I'd prefer just getting together, you know, in, in different places, uh, my basement, wherever, you know. I'd much rather do that than try to run a run a facility and try to make sure um, bills are paid on t- all that kind of stuff. So yeah, well, and those are, I mean, those are the difficult things ultimately, right? Because if you do just even if you try to meet halfway on that, like I, this is the issue I always ran into. Where it's like trying to find property or trying to find space in order to rent, right? Though that kind of garners its own issues. You need to have insurance and and stuff like that. But you know, if you try to meet that halfway and be like, "All right, we'll just meet in a park," yeah, uh, kind of like how that was somewhat. This is the this is the only thing I I, I will rev- reference this for um, because thankfully it's gotten out of like the popular conversation when like Johnny takes his new eagle fang dojo to the park i'm like been there been there that's 100 percent a thing they knocked it on its head even though they got it kind of wrong they knocked it on its head 100 percent because that whole scene where he's trying to go around trying to find space trying to do all that stuff that is 150 percent 
accurate to how difficult it is to actually get space and 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 kind of make something like that work and where your ultimate for free no problems no questions asked are a public park but then you're ultimately at the mercy of the sky yeah well you know or going back to cobra kai not that i wanted to do that but i feel like that's a very good short that's a very good shorthand and um and i have so many problems with that whole thing but that that's why i say it's like spinal tap it is 100 percent false and not in any way representative of what we do and then at the same time simultaneously 100 percent true and it's exactly exactly how everything's gone down <laughs> well i mean no, spoiler alert whenever johnny leaves and he creates his own new school which i think is one of the coolest names ever <laughs> <laughs> spoiler well, alert for something that's that that caught popular attention and was available on one of the most popular platforms in which to watch it in in multiple languages yeah i mean come on we're, we're we all did an entire episode on this and well, we're, all, I, I, we're two months out from it no i know but i mean it, it, it he ends up training in a park i mean that that's the bottom line he, he goes into there but i mean the only bad thing about being in a park you know, some people are like, I mean, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. People kind of want to get into your business and stuff like that. And that's sometimes. like, you know, that, that takes away from your training as well, too. So, so I, when I was in college, and I hope one day I can get a couple of people who are training within college get on podcast. But when I was in college, we had this one park we would go to where like we would train on campus, but we really didn't like training on campus because none of us actually really liked the college we went to. Um, so we went out to a park. One time we went out to the park, we did Boku Kumi Tech in the park, mm-hmm. which most like looking back now was like the stupidest thing ever because you could get into a lot of trouble for like essentially holding an amateur boxing fight, like doing that. So lucky the cops didn't show up. Like so, oh. <clears throat> but then the other time that actually I was in a park, we weren't really sparring. It was me and another person were going back and forth and just doing technique. And I was just trying to uh, very wrongly, the wrong way in which I took advice at the time was, all right, I'm going to throw technique really hard and you do the technique on me. And then I'm going to, then you're going to throw the technique hard on me and I'm going to do it hard on you. We're going to go back and forth and actually really feel it. And it was the only time the cops ever showed up. We didn't, they didn't come up to us. They didn't talk to us, but they clearly showed up. Mm Mm-hmm. In response to what we were doing. Now, maybe it's, it was a complete coincidence, but was, that was the only time we were like, huh. so, Somebody called. Somebody did. So, somebody called. That's, that's... So you do, you do kind of run into, not liability in a park, because if it's a public park, they, I would assume there's no liability, um, or very low liability in that regard. Like, I, I, clearly, like if you have like weapons and stuff, like if you start doing nunchucks in the park, depending what state you live in, that's illegal. Yeah, I mean, and no nunchucks in Canada. Why? <laughs> I don't get. It. That's a different story for a different time. I, 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 don't, I don't get it, but anyway. I'm... Yeah, the the, the weird, weird, oddly aggressive discussion I had with a customs customs guy one time, and I wasn't even going to Canada. I was just transiting through there. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. He got really he got really aggro at me for it. So there's a place that you can't have nunchucks in Canada for as for as advanced and well off as they are. Hey, no 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 nunchucks, eh? Hey. But um All right. Sorry. <laughs> wow, where are we going to <laughs> Wow, we've we've hit about everything. Um Well I mean, one of the other things I know, I mean, I don't know if I've told this story or not, but um, when I went to Sensoyala's house one time, the first time I went there, one of the things I paid attention to is I noticed on the floor there were all these what we call Joe boxes. Mm. And, I mean, they were maybe... I, I, I could, I mean, it, it wasn't just one or two. I mean, it was all, I mean, it was down the hall. It was in the living room. It was here. It was there. Just like, good night. What the, you know, and 
me being the dummy at the time, I just asked him, I'm like, why did you have that? And he just mentions like, never know when I'm going to be thinking about something. I'm like, okay, I can appreciate that. It's the Prince never know when we're going to record a song thing. Well, apparently, I mean, apparently his house is entirely wired for like sound and stuff like in the bathroom anywhere, really in the house. So yeah. in case you ever wanted to record, you just do it. Well, so mean, that's really interesting. I've never because I've never heard anyone like do it. Do, have who who was at that I guess level of training or whatever have that. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that level of training either. And probably if I tried to do that in the kitchen or something, my wife would kill me too. But you know, it's one of those things. Which means, which is that's a different discussion. But yeah, that's a whole. <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole, that's a whole different topic of just that's a different animal how far will your spouse allow this um Uh, i mean i mean i think because i've been in it for years and years i I think about how google is it's like you're supposed to carry a a dry erase marker with you everywhere because all the all the walls are dry erase boards and so it's like if something comes up you just start writing right there boom which 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 is the ultimate like I don't want to say that in circles or encapsulates everything, but then that's like just what martial arts is as well. Because yeah. boom, like I'm here. I'm going to work on what I'm going to work on, do what I'm going to do. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, there are times you think of something and it's like, Oh, I wish I had somebody to work with. And, you know, back in the day, I'd, I'd contact somebody. I was like, Hey, I want to work on this. Remind me of this. And, you know, we start working on it, you know, when we get back there. So do you feel like, okay, I guess we kind of touched on like, all right, the empty handedness of it all and kind of some space and whatnot. Do you feel there needs to be a separation of spaces? Like this is your space for training. This is your space for other stuff. Or because there's a lot of people who are like still, training at home or kind of forcing to be into one space. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it depends on the individual, you know, my, my famous answer depends because sometimes, yeah. Yeah. We're hitting all the classics. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you need it to focus in on what you're training, yeah, you, you definitely need that separate space. I mean, me personally, I have kind of I have a small separate space that I've got because basically I really don't want to carry weapons throughout the house and work on weapons. I mean that's that's the main thing that I work in down here now. I'll I'll do empty hand stuff throughout the house. I mean like some nights I'll be cooking dinner or barbecuing on the grill and stuff, and I'll think of something's like boom, you know. And I'll just kind of go through whatever and just kind of keep working at it that way. But a lot of times my separated space is more for the weapons training than anything. That way, weapons stay in here, period. Right. So, and, you don't, and that, you don't have an eight-year-old running around with a side. Oh, geez, no. Good night, no. <laughs> I, and, and, I mean, he... I mean, him and I, we, we work with... Um, just the tonbo, you know, hitting sticks together. He has a lot of fun with that, and it kind of still piques his interest. I mean, he he hasn't gotten to the point where oh, I want, this is what I want to do. But instead, it's just kind of okay. This is kind of cool. So I'm like, keep his interest going and go from there. So I was I was training with somebody, and their kid was with us, and good kid, good kid, really a good kid. He's much older now. But when he was much younger, um, like wanted wanted a pair of whatever weapon we were working on just to do his own thing. I was like, "Hey, come do the kata with us." He was just like, "Absolutely not!" <laughs> just, just like I'm doing my kata. I'm like, "All right, do my thing. Do do your thing. You do you, boo." And so- I think that's that's true. I mean the the issue of space and I, it, everyone's running into it now with with the pandemic but even regardless of that before before it even it was just finding the space to train and finding the, a, a place to train and these are though somewhat separate things they they do go together 
because we need the space to train and we need a place to train. And whether it's at a dedicated place or whether it's a dojo or not, it, you need to that needs to be something you need to think of. I mean, that needs to be in your head in terms of space. This happened with me where I was doing, and this is on the internet so you can see it, uh, I was doing Pinion Nidon and I was allowing the limitations of my space to screw up my footwork. Yeah. To the point where I was doing stuff kind of disconnected with my footwork and I didn't even realize it until I had trolls yell at me. Yeah. And it was the one time the trolls were useful. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But I think you really got to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you want it to impact your training or do you want it to enhance your training? Because one of the things that I, I started doing was more along the lines of um, using that limited space as like opportunities for like shuffle, learn how to really shuffle. Learn how to clinch. Yeah. Learn how to deal with like close and close in spaces and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Where- I feel like most karate knows how to deal, should, well, maybe not in the way that it's taught necessarily, but, sh- you know, in what kind of the blueprints that are there, knows how to deal with a small space. Well, no, I disagree with that. Really? I, to- I totally disagree. How many times have you seen, this is how you do it, and this is the only way you do it? Right. It, it, must, it must be, uh, you know, two feet this way, this way, that way, this way. And that's where people that train in karate get in, into a lot of trouble because they don't know how to improvise. Okay. They, they don't know how to improvise in, in that situation in, in the heat of the moment or, or how, whatever saying you want to put in it. It's like they're stuck in their own ways and they can't right. see past it. I, I think that's but once you see that, you're like, oh, okay, I, I need to improvise, overcome, and adapt. You know, it's like I've, I've got to adjust. Right. And I, I, where I think the kind of limitations on space versus kind of maybe having the just over openness, as it were, yeah. like having just having a bunch of space to be able to do like really, really big, long C steps or really, really big, long, like whatever. And that's where your sequence of your footwork is going to be. In, in, but when you get into a small space and you suddenly are constantly watching what you're doing with your feet or constantly watching what you're doing with your hands, I mean, yeah, you do need to be careful and not like punch a hole in the wall because the, the last thing we need is just a bunch of angry guys punching holes in walls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is defined as generation to a degree. If you're able, you should be able to do that in both ways. I mean, I, to, to, that, to that point, I, I agree, agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it should, it yeah. should. But I mean, doesn't all <laughs> doesn't always and doesn't nearly enough. And, and I think I think that's not to tie it back to MMA, but I think that's one of the things that MMA completely exposed. Mm. I think that's one of the things Bruce Lee exposed. Yeah, I mean, go back and listen to our to our Bruce Lee podcast when we talk about this. Well, I mean, I mean, seriously, we have it, to constantly plug here, Jeremy. We have to constantly plug. Well, but I mean, but I mean, seriously, that's, that's, that's the stuff that people have got to break away from and really kind of look at, is this really what needs to happen or can this be adjusted? Can this move forward? I mean, you know, in, in a confrontation, you're not going to be able to do, you know, perfect footwork, things like that. You better know how to improvise or adjust using different tools and different methodologies for the space that you're in yeah and i I think i think in some ways you know having a small space is actually a good thing because that's what that's a different training of different you know different proportions and i mean if you look at if you go back to uh studying sun Tzu, i mean now, now we're really hitting all the parameters i mean if you if you look at that or the book of five rings one of the things is know your environment what is your environment you know i mean if you're gonna if something happens and you're in a dojo hey you got all this space you got all i mean everything's nice and pretty and well maybe not pretty but i mean everything's suited to your taste whereas 
Whereas, let's say something happens in in line at a, at a grocery store. I mean, not not to bring up what just I, I just thought of that that just happened a couple of days ago. But it, it, sick. But anyway, but I mean, it, it, that's a total different parameter. Well, and and this is where. Kendo, judo, like kind of the, the stuff that requires certain space, certain materials, certain this and that's don't really add up when it comes to karate. This is where I think where that's where karate's strength is, and that's what a lot of people tend to forget is that yeah. we get we 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 are literally the art that is nothing in our hands. Right. We need to be able to use what's around, what's available, and you yeah. and adjust and, and make that more central to what we do yeah and space is not is not excluded in that regard yeah i mean not to take away from your your kiddos jujitsu no, no, no. not by any stretch not taking away from that at all because i mean i mean very important skills that you're learning and you're doing it in a safe environment while you're training because you're you're constantly doing that kind of stuff you know, if something happens, heaven forbid, you're in the real world, it's like, you know, hopefully you're not doing that for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. You're doing it for maybe 30 seconds to two minutes, you know, I mean, somewhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I get that piece of it. Like, But I mean, in a training perspective, yeah, you're right. There is parameters that you do need to have for that to take place. So, And that's why I... I, I I just wanted to throw that clarification and just make sure. Yeah, yeah. So we don't. So we don't get all the judo people coming after us. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Not picking on that at all. So. No, I, it's less to point out the limitations of other arts, and more to point out that, and it's not to say other arts can't evolve or adapt, right? I don't, don't want to make like stupid generalizations. Aikido could probably be done without doing ukeme, and probably be done without having mats. Same thing with judo. Uh, you could probably do kendo in a, in a kind of a different and dynamic way, right? You could probably do a lot of this stuff in different ways. Generally, they're not. They're not, right? They have. There's like one way they generally go about doing them. It's right. not to, to say that's a bad thing. This is to say that's a good thing. It's just generally how it's gone. Karate, on the other hand, has just by its nature has had to adapt to big space, to small space, to no space, right? I did see an interesting documentary once of a father with he had, I think it was three or four da- daughters. It wasn't really a documentary; it was more like a like a TV spot in Japan where he he had this upstairs home built judo dojo, and hmm. he was teaching his and his four daughters were like very strict competitors in judo, and but he had like this very very homespun looking. It's, it's hard to describe, but it, it's just a very homespun, very put together from just stuff that he was able to get nothing really super professional looking, but like he was very much about it. And he, like his fair, his daughters were very much dedicated to like, and this was probably no bigger than the place I live in now where yeah. he had was a family of six was living in a house. You know, I, you know, I mean, different people have different priorities. So no, that's cool. Cool. And any final things you want to say on this subject? I think the main thing is, you know, size is relative to your intent. Just, I mean, when you keep that in mind, I think no matter what what you do is going to come out positive. So, that, that's just kind of my my thoughts on it. So, and I think if if you can think it, you can do it, and you can think about it in the space that you've got. And if you don't have the space for it, then you know you're going to figure out what what best way to make it work in. Yeah. I remember making the excuse to somebody one time that I didn't have the space for karate. And they kind of smacked me over the head and said, what the hell do you mean? Yeah, exactly. And that had all forever changed my view on on training. Yeah, absolutely. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. It was a good smack in the head. So, all right, good. So. Cool. Anything you've got going on this week in terms of training or just more Monty side? Side, Monty side. Looking to uh, connect with a couple old friends and start start getting getting an old group back together that's kind of been impacted by uh, COVID uh, injuries, uh, death of family, you know, different things like that. 
you know, normal electrical equipment that we were using the wrong verbs for at one point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah. We're getting the band back together. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. We will come here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. <laughs> yeah, well, we love that movie. That's a great movie. I have only known that movie in its extended cut. I found it on Netflix a couple, like probably about six months ago. I was watching it. And I was, there was notice, there was noticeably parts missing, and I was mad. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. who on you, Netflix? Put the extended, release the extended cut to Netflix normally. Stop taking it off, taking up, taking it off, and putting it on again. Man, that yeah, that's that's a great movie. Not a Mark Sharp's movie, but man, it's great. It is. It's. I mean, they, they definitely had to learn to to utilize their space to the point that they had to destroy it effectively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of space, I'm I'm moving this week, so uh, my training will simply be making sure all like is is going to be both mental and physical in terms of figuring out what I need, what I don't need, throwing out what I don't need, somehow boxing up my punching bag, which to if anyone has been following on the podcast, uh, it's hard to get, and now I got to move it after not only ha- only having it for maybe four months. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, well, I think we've we've uh, gone pretty well. It's been a good one, Jeremy. Thank you for joining joining us here today or being on. And um, we might be a little quiet for a little while, depending upon how a move goes. But hopefully, we'll be back sooner than later. With that, uh, anything you got? You want to say in closing? No, I'm good. All right, we're good. Everybody, be good. Be safe. Be well. And Keep on training.